Welcome to the Gospel in Reach podcast by International Needs, where we believe the gospel should look like something. So we partner with visionary leaders who are doing the gospel in their own local communities all over the world. I'm your host, Izzy, at IN. Today, I'm excited to share with our partner, Doru, from Romania. You're going to hear some highs and some lows, some victories and some challenges, uh, working in some extreme conditions, not only with the, the gypsy or the Ro- Romai community, but also with Ukrainian refugees that are coming in, as well as the, the most vulnerable, uh, those with HIV, orphans, widows, uh, in prisons, as well as with those that are emerging leaders and the discipling that goes on there as they plant churches and grow the, the gospel of Christ all over Romania. So I'm really excited that you're with us, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Doru from Romania. Well, good morning, Doru, and it is so good to have you join us. Um, and I'm excited to introduce my friend, I, my coworker from Romania, and Doru Butas. Um, if uh, you could start us today by giving not only where you live um, in Romania, but where you work and where some of the, um, I mean, we know Romania because of Transylvania or uh, the Carpathian Mountains, but if you could orient us uh, a little bit to where Romania is and where you work, that would be awesome. Good morning, Izzy. Uh, it's such a blessing and a joy to be able to talk about uh, uh, Romania, about uh, what God is doing in Romania, and uh, I'm thrilled that uh, God chose me to uh, be born in this country because uh, it's a really uh, beautiful country. Uh, it's located in the east part of Europe, um, a country uh, who is known in different parts of the world from the novel wrote by Bram Stoker in 1897 about the Count Dracula. Uh, but in <laughs> fact, uh, yeah, it was a, a kind of a small emperor called uh, Vlad uh, the Empaler who lived in the 15th century century in Transylvania. Uh, And uh, he he was known because he was very uh, strong against uh, the enemies and punished them uh, uh, very in a cruel way. But you know, Romania, uh, in fact, it's a country with about 16 millions now, uh, six millions of the Romanians living and working in the rest of Europe uh, for maybe a better living. Uh, but it's a country uh, where the people have good hearts. The people are open and welcoming uh, anybody who wants to uh, see the beauties of our countries and uh, see the heart of our people. I live in the west part of Romania in a city called Arad. I'm married. Uh, we have a, a daughter who is now uh, married also and he's living uh, somewhere in Denmark. Uh, but um, my uh, desire in, in my life was to, to know God and serve, serve him. And that's why for more than 22 years, I've been serving the Lord as a pastor in one of the churches near Arad, Baptist church near Arad. And uh, before that, working for more than 20, 25 years with uh, children and youth 
in uh, Timisoara and uh, a big church in Arad. So uh, finally, about 15 years ago, uh, God called me to be involved in the work of international needs. International needs, uh, it's a Christian organization whose activity uh, is inspired by the Christian values and principles. And uh, as I know, they are expressed in the, the Holy Bible. And I liked and I decided to be part of this uh, ministry of international needs because international needs has two goals in our country. Uh, the first one is to, to change the community throughout the changed lives of people. And we do that sharing Christ because he's the only one who can change lives. The second goal uh, was, uh, let's say, ignited from the heart of uh, Ray Harrison, who uh, established international needs at the worldwide level. Uh, and that's to help our Romanian Christians fulfill their ministry calling in their own country. So to do God's ministry with Romanians for Romanians, because uh, the Romanian ministers know how, how to give the, the gospel and have an impact in our own culture. We promote uh, in the most effective way the basic Christian philosophy and life principles taught and lived by our workers. And uh, after a few years of um, leading the whole programs as a programs manager, now I'm more involved in uh, coordinating the church planting program. You mentioned um, our workers in the, uh, the programs. Um, can you give us a little scale, Doru, of what you mean by our workers and the various programs? I may say that uh, our workers are uh, more uh, people who work uh, voluntarily. Uh, they have a, a, a little support uh, from international needs. But uh, they are uh, spread uh, in the whole country in more than eight counties, uh, working with uh, planting new churches, working with women and children, uh, working with orphans and orphanages, uh, bringing help and, and uh, being a, a strong uh, encouragement for the Ukrainian refugees in the year we are passing, uh, working with uh, those who have uh, HIV, uh, being able to feed and uh, educate gypsy children and gypsy people. So uh, all these workers, I may call them, are uh, regular Christians or people who studied theology, but they work together in such way to impact the community where they live, uh, starting prayer cells, uh, visiting people who are in, in desperate needs or giving counsel. Uh, we are also going in, uh, in penitentiaries in, uh, in uh, uh, different places where uh, people are really suffering or try to take care of the ladies who are um, having uh, domestic violence in their families. So uh, we try to do that uh, throughout various programs. So you have, all, you have programs 
you listed like seven or eight amazing programs that we could spend all day on each one of them. But women's programs, children's programs, orphans, working with the, the Romani or the gypsy people, um, HIV, uh, those that are in the, in the prisons or penitentiaries. Um, let's, let's start with- Planting church, uh, churches. Planting churches, yes. And also uh, developing a new uh, leadership uh, Christian leadership who will change the face of uh, our uh, leadership in the country and will stop the corruption we still have in the high levels of, of the country. And also we want to have an impact in the culture. That's why we started also Forum Dialogos. Uh, it's a kind of uh, conferences for uh, those from the high class, those who are very well educated. Uh, I may just briefly tell you a little bit uh, how we started in uh, 1994. Uh, we started with uh, reaching out for Christ with uh, uh, this church planting program. It was not a program then. It was more an evangelistic effort in the rural areas. And in fact, uh, it started with one of our workers, uh, one of our uh, church planters who took his guitar and went in the uh, village where he was born and started to sing about Jesus on the streets. He took his guitar and went into his, was it his hometown? Yes, his hometown. <laughs> and started to share Jesus singing about him in the street. And the people just gathered and uh, they heard and uh, they wanted to know more. And he went each week. And after a few years, God helped him to establish a new church uh, in, in that particular southwest part of Romania. From that church in, uh, I may say, seven, eight years, other four churches were planted. And uh, he has now uh, church planters and evangelists works with him in all these six new churches uh, who was based in that area, an area uh, very uh, dark spiritually, I may say. Uh, the people in, in those uh, villages uh, are um, very much afraid of, uh, of black magic. Uh, they have all kinds of uh, uh, folk beliefs. They uh, have their kind of uh, death uh, ceremony for, for those who are dead. And uh, they need, they need a spiritual light. So uh, in those places, God started to make a big difference. And I may say that uh, uh, from there, the spark of uh, planting new churches started. And uh, now in uh, this, uh, let's say 15, 20 years, I may say we are now spreading about half of our country with uh, 20 church planters. And our desire is to see the number of these church planters expand each year with four, five more uh, workers. Uh, that means uh, we go and we uh, help them uh, 
bring the gospel to the communities there and uh, baptize those who believe in Christ, enlarge their churches, uh, disciple those people, and step by step from some of them grow new church planters and expand the, uh, the growing of God's kingdom in, in other localities, in other counties. And our desire is to see the whole country covered with the gospel. It's interesting that you talk about the, the discipling, that whole process. And I don't know if you recall, but it was about a year ago, I had heard somewhere in, a, in an email that there were 10,000 10, Christians amongst the Romani, the gypsy people. And I was like, how did that happen? Did you do something different, something special? And was there an event? And you, you kind of chastised me and said, no, we went through the normal process, took 10 years of reaching out and discipling. Can you share more about how that applies, that applied in the Romani community? Yes, uh, we spent a few years in, in training uh, different uh, Christians as uh, to be evangelists and uh, church planters voluntarily. And uh, uh, from some of those, some were gypsies. For example, in the center of the country, in Zalou, uh, there was a, a gypsy guy who he was just working to uh, install something for the roof of the houses. And uh, somehow he succeeded to find a place in the center of the town. And half of that place became his uh, uh, working place and half became his uh, uh, meeting point with uh, other gypsies just to have a prayer cell. After three years of starting it, now it's a new church with 50 gypsy people. Can you imagine? And from there, there are people who just go in the villages around uh, Salash County just to share about Jesus. And they established new churches, seven, eight new churches in that area because they went to the gypsy people and they showed their love. They showed their own experience and they said, look what God has done to me. Uh, I'll give another example. Uh, in um, near Sigishwara area, in fact, in two days, I'm going there with some other four colleagues from Arad for an evangelistic uh, effort. In, uh, in that area, they succeed to uh, plant new churches in the gypsy uh, communities in, in seven years. In seven years, they planted nine new churches. Why? Because they started to feed the children of those uh, uh, gypsy, non-believer gypsies. They started to teach them how to learn and help them, help them go to, to schools and uh, do not abort uh, education, uh, help them uh, learn how to say thank you and uh, please. Whenever the, those children wanted to eat uh, a pl um, another plate of soup, they just said, I want soup. <laughs> Our Christian teachers teach them to say, please, would you like to give me another uh, soup? And step by step, the community saw the change in the life of these children. And they said, wow, these children started to say, hello, good day, how are you? Instead of cursing and throwing stones to our windows, 
what happens? And this, these people from the community starts to come to the church. Sunday, uh, they had uh, another Baptist with six uh, gypsies in the village of Danesh. Why? Because those families said, you have done a miracle to our children. We, we want to know this Jesus. And uh, our workers are giving each day a hot meal, and that's not easy, are going uh, from poor family to poor family just to bring them the basic things they need in life. Uh, they try to teach some of the gypsies how to read and write. I had a girl in, in my own church, a gypsy girl, who came to the church without knowing to read or write. She was sick because she has a kind of a wolf mouth, we, we call it. Uh, uh, she couldn't speak well. You, nobody could understand her. But finally, when she met Jesus, she started to learn to read using the Bible. And now she is married. She became a child of God. She is married. She has a, a place of work. She moved now to Arad and lives with her husband in an apartment. And she has a future. And she has her soul saved. Why? Because evangelism is not a theory. Evangelism, it's a lifestyle. And uh, our workers are doing much more than just uh, in front of the pulpit speaking about Jesus. They show Jesus in the daily life. That is, that is an, that's such an encouragement, Daru. Um, that's a, it's a marvelous reminder and an encouragement to us. And I would like to, because of that mindset of it's a lifestyle to be an evangelist, uh, when COVID um, overcame us all, and we had the lockdowns. What was that like for the you personally, as well as for the workers there? Yeah, when the lockdown came, uh, we couldn't meet in the church buildings. So uh, we had to find the creative ways to help each other and also to worship each other. Uh, then we discovered in the cities uh the idea to have zoom prayer time uh, and uh, uh, we use whatsapp to to write to each other and encourage each other we started to use the phones and we started to call uh, i'll tell you my example uh, with the workers from my uh, leadership of the church we divided the church and each of us had uh, about, let's say, 10 families. And in a week, we called each member of that family and we encourage it uh, and, uh, and pray with them. And the next week, we took other group from the church and we rounded all those to be able to, to encourage them in the first weeks. Uh, I also, because we have a lot of uh, um, senior adults, a lot of uh, ladies who are old and uh, they needed medicines, they needed food, they, they had all kinds of other needs. Uh, we had to do something. So I traveled and other colleagues with me, uh, we went from uh, family to family and brought the, the warm food, put it in the, in the yard of the family, 
uh, called the lady and said, or the, the widow and said, please come out and take the food because it wasn't allowed to meet with each other. The police was going around and uh, looking if everything is possible, it, it's okay. And tried to stop those who would like to move around. In fact, I had to have a kind of special permit to be able to do that. So it was more work than before. But you know what? When uh, the government said, okay, you may meet with each other, but not inside of the churches, outside of the churches. We use the, the yards of the church or the parking lot of the church, and we started to sing and have an open air service. And that, in fact, was a testimony for the neighbors of the church. And they saw, oh, they take care of each other. They praise the Lord in the cold weather because it was March, April. Uh, and also today in Romania, it's almost winter. And we don't have more than five, six uh, centigrades uh, outside. And we don't know why, because last year it was better. Anyway, uh, the people saw that we love the Lord in spite of difficulties. And uh, we were close to those who lost a lot of uh, friends or family members because COVID brought a lot of suffering. And you know, there were people in the uh, hospitals for uh, senior adults, for old people where with Laurentiu, uh, with uh, Florine, with other uh, members of our team, we went there and brought food for them and encouragement and Bible. And uh, we prayed with them and helped them uh, get across. And of course, we tried to be an encouragement for the families who lost people from their, uh, their family because of COVID. It's not easy. Uh, now, uh, we can say uh, COVID, it's a little bit history. Uh, there are still people who get sick. There are still people who die, but uh, not in the same number as last year. And now we have another uh, challenge. Now, because of the war between Ukraine and Russia, uh, we are flooded uh, with uh, refugees. Let's talk about that in, in depth here, Daru. Um, take us back. Um, a couple of months when the the whole world began to become very aware of what was going on in the Ukraine. Um, where were, what was it like for you for the for your your coworkers and the in the in the the whole team? What was the sense right at that point? And then take us through where it is today. In February twenty four was the first night when the bombing started. And uh, it was a shock for everybody. Uh, our workers also asked themselves, themselves if uh, this war uh, stops only in Ukraine or uh, is, is, is expanding uh, to Romania too. Uh, so it was, uh, first of all, uh, that shock that uh, uh, helped us somehow to turn our eyes above, to look to God and say, God, uh, now all the fundaments are shaken. What shall we do? 
And we understood that uh, doesn't matter if the war comes to Romania or not. What's important is that there are people near us who are asking for help, who are fleeing from war. And uh, suddenly we found ourselves uh, with uh, uh, a wave of refugees who came to Romania throughout three gates, three borders three points where we try to be uh, involved. And uh, just uh, in the next day, we uh, talked with each other and said, we have first of all to uh, prepare some help and send food, medicines, whatever we can to, to help those people. Because we heard that at these three borders, there are long lines there were mostly ladies with children who stayed in the line for 24, 48 hours, a 15, 20 kilometers line uh, without food, without too many clothes. They, they just, uh, I met some of these uh, refugees and they told me they grabbed something and just run and it was very hard. So we sent help, we sent people there who crossed the borders and gave uh, a hot tea, a sandwich. Uh, there were people who were coming by train and uh, some of our teams uh, were meeting them at the, the railway station and gave them food and drink uh, water and something uh, warm uh, to be able to continue their, their travel. And, uh, we started to find uh, vans, uh, possibilities to go and transport some of these refugees from the uh, border points to uh, shelters, to kind of, we organized some of the churches, some of the Christian camps, uh, some of the places we had. Also in my church in Fontenelle, we organized a, a kind of shelter for uh, 10, 12 refugees whenever they wanted to be together. And in another place in, in Arad, uh, we had also a, a center in Sigishwara. We helped those from Tulcea, from the east part of Romania to transport to Bucharest, to transport to Sibiu, to transport transport to Fagarash, to transport to uh, Sigishwara and to Arad, some of these refugees, because uh, they were in danger. Some people wanted to use, you know, these, um, it was like a mess uh, to, to find and uh, traffic some of the ladies who were just fleeing from war. So uh, we wanted to be a help and uh, protect these people from uh, those who wanted to benefit in different ways uh, from them. And I may say uh, it was a, a huge blessing. We had hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people who crossed these points. And uh, each week we started to send, now we are better organized. Uh, we just met in, in uh, our county with some of the pastors from Mariupol, from uh, near Kiev and, and Kishinev, different places in Ukraine, just to know the needs. And we sent them each week a few vans or a truck with food, with medicines with what is needed in their place. And those uh, uh, churches from, let's say, Chisinau, they are taking with their own vans uh, those help to different places where it's 
uh, worst when it's worst. What has been the, your observation of the refugees themselves, the, their emotional state? Uh, share with us a little bit of what you see them going through. I've seen uh, two types of people. Those who are Christians and came and we met some of them. Uh, they were afraid, by, but they were uh, faithful that God has in, in store uh, something for them and God uh, has a plan for their families. And I'll give you an example. A pastor, uh, a Baptist pastor from a church near Kiev, uh, they just fled uh, with his family with three children and uh, his parents-in-law uh, to the west part of Ukraine in, in the particular day of 24 uh, February when the bombing started. They traveled by cars, two cars, and stayed about two weeks in the west part of Ukraine. And they understood that it's hard. They have to go somewhere. And um, a friend of this pastor said, I know a, a Romanian pastor uh, somewhere in Fagarash in the center of Romania. They may offer you, they have a, a nice camp and they may offer you uh, a place where you can stay longer. So finally, <clears throat> the kids said, no, we want to go home, we want to go home. And the pastor said, well, God is sending us to a Christian camp, a camp for children. So uh, when they got to the border and they received from the Christians their uh, toys and candies and stuff like that, the children said, oh, we are already in the camp. So we, they stayed about two weeks in, in Fugarash and uh, finally uh, they succeed to connect with a church in Croatia where they are now and uh, where they are working with uh, the other refugees uh, from different parts of Ukraine, and uh, they want to stay there till the war is over. But on the way, the pastor from Fagarash called me and said, uh, can you help us somehow? Because they need to stay one night in Arad. I said, of course, we prepare the place in our church and they may come. But on the way, their car broke. So I had to travel with a platform and my car and bring the family and bring the car and uh, take care of them with the church and the other people from international needs. And uh, in fact, in, instead of one night, they spent eight nights with us and uh, they had a lot of needs. They needed medicines, they needed reparation for the car, they needed other things for uh, clothes and uh, uh, food. Uh, so I've seen that God uh, is faithful. And they said, you people from international needs and from this church were God's angels for us. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know what will, will be, but we saw God's, uh, faithfulness and his provision on the way and uh, he's they are okay now and uh, we are praying that in fact we we became friends i can say that god it's the one who linked us and uh, we hope somehow to to serve together again when ukraine will be re uh, remodeled on the way i saw also non-christian uh, 
Ukrainians. And this week I will go in the Sigishara area just to visit some of those camps, refugee camps that we take care of. Uh, the pastor there told me also that uh, when the non-Christian Ukrainians saw the faith and the joy and the trust of the Christian Ukrainians, and when they felt the love and the care and the, the passion the Romanian Christians offer freely for them, they said, this is unusual. Something has to be behind. There's something more. We want to know this God, this, this Christ that you have as a savior. And uh, I'm looking forward this week to, to uh, preach and, and share Jesus with them and help them give their life to Jesus. And uh, I think this is a great uh, opportunity for us to share Christ to these people who doesn't know Christ. In fact, we are feeding uh, some of them in these uh, uh, centers uh, and uh, bring them to the churches. And in different places, we found uh, Romanians who speak Ukrainian and they are part of the churches and they, they hear the, the word of God in their own language because we try to help them and uh, have an impact in, in their life. We don't know how many of them will stay in Romania. There are a few thousands who already are working here and uh, have established for a while their life here. But a lot of them are trying to travel to Europe to find maybe better a place where they can stay. But until then, we try to be God's blessing for them. And I'm sure God is changing lives. We have heard several reports back of uh, prayer, prayer to times of prayer and worship um, with the, the refugees. Can you share any stories of that or what that has been like? Yes. Uh, when we had a, a prayer time with them, we saw the way they, they uh, express uh, thankfulness because they, they uh, didn't know what to expect. When God's love was poured upon them throughout the testimony of the Romanian Christians, they were so astonished and they cried and said, Lord, I don't know you, but I thank you because you sent me here. Thank you because you protected me with your wing. Thank you that uh, uh, now I, I know that you exist because I see that these people love with a love, unusual love. And uh, I want to, to thank you for all you, you give me. Uh, I've seen tears in, in the lives of those who, who are praying for, uh, for the people who remain in, in Ukraine. For example, one lady, uh, he, she was a sister of, uh, of somebody who, who came from Ukraine in our country. And during their stay here, they asked the Romanian churches to pray for his sister. And we prayed for his sister. And uh, she lived in a, in a village who was uh, surrounded by Russians. Uh, so they tried to escape several times, but the Russians said, no, 
you remain here, you cannot go. Uh, so the Romanian church prayed for that family. And uh, we prayed, God, please give them the desire to go and uh, show them the way where they have to go. Uh, next day, without knowing that the Romanian churches are praying for this lady, this lady said, we have to go. And she took her family and uh, her relatives, two cars, uh, together with some other cars who saw them preparing to go sometime somewhere in uh, 5 a.m. in the morning. And uh, they headed again to the same Russians who stopped them before. This time, the Russian at the checkpoint didn't care about them, didn't look at them. Those two cars passed and suddenly the Russian said to the other cars, oh, you stop, you cannot pass. Give us your phones, give us your laptops. And they crushed them and they said, go back, no passing here. Like they didn't see the first two cars. So they continued to drive a little bit and after one kilometer, one mile, a tank came in front of them with a Turela down and a Russian came out of it and said, stop. They stopped, what to do? This guy spoke at the radio station and said, wait. So they waited about 10, 15 minutes. After 10, 15 minutes, the Russian spoke again and said, now you can cross. But why you stopped us? We were bombing the area you had to cross. So now it's free, you may go. Can you imagine? God is using the enemy to protect his children. Why? Because the church was praying for them. And I'm so thrilled to know that this family got to uh, Austria and they are safe now. God is good. Oh my goodness, thank you. I, I'm sitting here all in tears. Um, the power of prayer uh, in united prayer. The power of prayer is, is so, so, so strong. Uh, I can give you another example of a family from uh, the west part of Romania where Laurenzo is, is working. Uh, only the lady uh, was a Christian. Her husband was a drunkard he beated her whenever she wanted to go to church. So finally, when this man was about 59 years old last year, in fact, he got cancer. So he was so afraid. He asked the pastor to come and pray for him and speak with him. And finally, Laurenzo went there and prayed with him and, and talked to him and shared Jesus. And he said, I repent. He gave his life to, to the Lord. He was baptized and now he's in the church together with his wife and his children. Why? Because God can answer prayers like this because he has the power to change anybody. So we are happy to see so many changed lives. And in fact, this is our main core, main, main goal in the ministry. We don't want to have programs just to have pro for the programs. No, we call them programs because we try to find various ways to get to the souls of the people. And of course, to change their inside and change their outside also, because 
the community can be changed if the people are changed. Thank you, Daru. And I have to ask, um, I know that there are programs, um, and we know it's a lifestyle, not a program, but the program has given us some clarity. You mentioned that one of the programs is visiting um, the or the people that are in the penitentiary, in the prison. That's a, a group of people that, especially if there's a war going on in the neighboring country, um, if there's COVID and there's lockdown, that's a, a, that's a view of a population that we just don't have any idea. Can you share a little bit of what has been happening with them? Those who are in penitentiary, uh, they are there because of different reasons, from small to big uh, acts of uh, iniquity, I may say. Uh, in Timisoara or in Arad, also in other places, uh, but I want to mention these two because uh, are closer to, to my place. In Arad, we work with ladies. Uh, the, the maximum security uh, penitentiary for the ladies who killed other people, the ladies who, who have done different robbery or other uh, actions against law. Uh, those ladies were in the penitentiary feeling like the lost. Nobody cares about them. Uh, there's no way and no chance to be uh, restored. So we go there uh, with Daniela and other ladies. Uh, they go there and uh, they try to find the ways to make these ladies understand that uh, there is a future for them. If there is a point of change in their lives. So sometimes we go there and the ladies are just singing or just uh, making their haircuts, or just uh, receive the permission to ask them, those who have families outside, to write uh, a kind of uh, special kind of letters for their kids. And after that, next possibility, when it's a, a celebration, like, I don't know, Easter, uh, Christmas, or uh, the Mother's Day, or other kind of uh, free, free days in Romania, we try to use them uh, just to make a connection. And we bring back uh, a letter or a, a postcard from their own children. And you cannot imagine the joy and the tears in the faces and in the heart of these ladies. They are not alone. They are alone there. They are punished there, but they are not alone. And uh, they have value, they understand. And we go there, some of the ladies share their own experience and say that doesn't matter if you are in the prison or outside the prison, you may have the same struggles. You may, have, you may have your own despairs. You, you, you can be shocked by something. You can have your sorrows. You can be sick. You, you need somebody to support, to be with you. And that's God, that's Christ. And they share Christ. And we have seen ladies who receive the Lord 
in the penitentiary and ladies who turned their lives to Jesus after they got out from the penitentiary. In Timisoara, uh, we work with men more than, than ladies. And of course, the same. There are uh, some of the men who became so mean, they didn't want it to talk with anybody. And finally, one of our workers uh, was able to, to share Jesus and, uh, and uh, speak about how uh, Jesus saved his life and how Jesus can uh, give each of us a new direction. And we have seen people who uh, decided to start a new life when they go out. And we have some people who already started new life. Uh, some years ago, one of the men who came out also from the penitentiary uh, came to, to my church and he said, uh, well, my mother wrote me a letter when I've been in a, in a penitentiary. And she said, um, I think uh, you, were, you was beaten too much there in such way that uh, you got you lost your minds how you want to become a christian how you want why you want to repent uh, we don't want to see that happening in our family for the family for his mother it was better to be a robber than a child of god and he came and he said i need to find a place of work i spoke with somebody who who offered him a chance and now he's married, he's a Christian, he's at his uh, family, uh, at his house, and uh, he's doing uh, a good test. He's being a good testimony for Jesus, because God can change any, any life. That's a good word to all of us, Daru. I, I am, I'm blessed by that. Thank you. And I think I want to ask you one more. It's personal, but also uh, we would like to be able to pray for you personally, as well as for you uh, in your work. I know that's very much the same, uh, but how is how can we be united in prayer for you at this time? For international needs, please pray that we will be more effective. We want to expand the God's, God's kingdom here in, in such way that more people will uh, hear about about Jesus. Uh, but I need for personally uh, your prayers for uh, my health and uh, my wife's health. We have uh, <clears throat> more and more uh, difficulties with our back, uh, with our spine, and we need uh, to find some time to treat ourselves. And, uh, and uh, we need uh, wisdom to, to find ways to uh, get more people involved in the in the ministry. That's what I, I need for myself to keep the fire of my daily uh, prayer time with Jesus to have more uh, strength and uh, good health to continue the work and to give my best to the Lord. We will pray that we will pray that you have that fire um, in your spirit and that health in your body that spark. Thank you, my brother. It was wonderful to be able to visit. And I will close this in prayer if that works for okay. you. Okay, let's pray. Father God, you are a wonderful God, um, a good God, a protector God, a creative God, a relational God. 
Thank you for putting us in this time of relationship um, with each other in times of stress, in times of encouragement, in times of difficulty. We thank you for that. And we, we lift up Daru and his wife and their work. We, we pray vitality into their spines, into, the, into their minds, that that spark and that joy, that pop that comes from you only, uh, Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. And we pray blessings into them now, into their work, their effectiveness, um, and just their, their voice. Give them effective people, um, effective coverage with soldiers stopping tanks, um, your mighty hand all around us, Father. And we thank you for that, and we give you praise. We bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was amazing from Daru. Uh, I'm so grateful for his time. Uh, and likewise, thank you for your time. It is inspiring as well as humbling to, to hear stories, to hear the reality of how the gospel is being shared around the world, in particular Romania, um, and to see the scope or the breadth of the ministry that's there. Um, working in the prisons with orphans, with widows, people with HIV AIDS, but yet bringing up new leaders, um, evangelizing within a, a very exclusive gypsy, the Romai groups, um, and doing all of it, um, planting churches, discipling, because it's all about the gospel and how cool it is that they're doing it every day, all the time. Um, and I'm just grateful that that was something that you could hear that we could share together. Thank you again. And for more stories of encouragement, inspiring interviews like that, make sure to subscribe to the show. Thank you for allowing us to connect you with these amazing people and ministries who are effectively and efficiently keeping the gospel in reach.